Okay, Ken Dunnick, Mark Eckel, a, pro- a special primetime edition of the Bird Brains with Ken and Mark. We're actually recording live at Sweet Recording Studios in the evening for the first time. And that's due to the hectic schedule of our host, Joe Congemi. By the way, if you ever want to host a podcast, reach out to Joe at sweetrecording.com. He'll take care of you. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Jersey Man and Philly Man Magazine. The January issue is out right here. If You can see it hot off the press. A great article by my partner, Mark Eckel on Fran McCaffrey. And we've got some eagles and flyers and all the good stuff that's always in our magazine. So... Check us out, jerseymanmagazine.com. You can see the magazine for free, and you can get a, get a subscription there as well if you like the hard copy like old guys like me and Mark like to read. And, uh, Mark, there's it's not a coincidence that we're both wearing dark shirts today, <laughs> and that's because uh, dark is a representative of funerals, which is kind of what it's been around here for the last 24 hours. The Eagles fans are a little uh, morose, if I can use that word. And uh, you're pretty, pretty impressed that I use morose, I, I aren't you? It's a good word, yeah. I like guy that. from Memphis using the word morose. <laughs> anyway, anyway um, we're, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to break down the game, obviously, maybe explain why some of the, these things happened. I have a theory on why um, the Eagles have gone from a whisker away from being a world championship football team into a team that is right now non-competitive. And they're not competitive against the worst teams in the league, Arizona and the Giants. But, um, Mark, take me back to last night. The game starts out bad. It gets worse right away. What do you think's going on here? What do you think of that performance in a game where they're technically still alive to win the division? And, you know, before you jump in, you know what interested me was, you know, they they get off to a bad start. And Dallas takes the lead. I go, here we go. Now Washington comes back yeah. and actually takes the lead 10 to 7. I go, if these guys are scoreboard watching, they're going to get fired up and do something. And it got worse. It got worse. They did not show up. So we'll that's, break down some stats yeah. here. But tell me what you think's going on here with the That's Eagles. That's what I was going to say was that, and you know, there's people say that, you know, they're scoreboard watching. It's, it's, that's human yes. nature. So, yeah, when, when you see, Washington takes a 10-7 lead. You're thinking, oh, my God, can Dallas really lose on the road? And it's on the road. You never know. You would think that would give a spark, give some kind of life. Because going into the game, you probably thought Dallas was going to beat Washington. Right? Yes. And they wanted to beat them 35-10. Yes. So you, you were right if you thought that. I actually bet Dallas. Um, but the Eagles rolled over and died with that and with that information. I mean – there's, I don't I, I'm dying to hear your your theory because you played and you know how players think but the coach is awful I'm, I'm gonna start with that I'm, I'm, I'm he has to go um it's obvious that striking and Gannon carried him first the first two two years it, it wasn't him it was his assistance um because he has no clue none zero hmm. so he's well, not let's, gonna... let's start out by uh talking about the players who were out yesterday to begin the game and then the injuries that they suffered fairly early on in the game. So they start the game without Devontae Smith, who I think probably, I'm not sure about his injury. Uh, He got hurt the week before, obviously. When he was blocking. On on blocking for a screen pass, which we talked about is very, very, very ridiculous. Yes. Yes. And who called that one? Uh, um, That would be uh, the offensive coordinator. 
Yeah, but Johnson, it's a play the theory on his books. The, so. guy, the, the guy that... You can uh, do it all the time. Get rid of... Yeah. Marcus Hayes, who I don't always agree with. Yeah. Well, man, you he think, wrote a column. Man, he wrote a column this morning. I'll tell you what. Is he going to be able to show his face in the Eagles locker oh, room? He He's not going to have many fans in there. No, not the, the coach. He took a page out of your book. Yes, he did. page out of your old book. But let, let's get back to the injuries real quick. Darius Slay out with the knee. Um, he hopes to be back by uh, the playoffs. Fletcher Cox for rest, which I found interesting uh, on, a, on a game that actually still means something. You know, you, you rest the guy in DeAndre Swift, who had an Ill, illness prior to the game. He doesn't uh, even uh, dress. Now, who gets hurt in the game? Well, A.J. Brown uh, suffers a knee injury in the first half. He's out. Reed Blankenship has uh, tweaked his groin again. He goes on the sideline. Jalen Hurts dislocates his finger. Sidney Jones, who was one of the most promising young defensive backs the Eagles have. Sidney Brown. I'm sorry, Sidney Brown. uh, uh, Hurts' knee, and he is out. Yeah, well, he tore his ACL. And he's out for the year now, right? And Cam Juergens gets poked in the eye, which I didn't see during the game. I, I heard that he was replaced later, but... So five significant injuries during the game, four before the game. So you're missing really nine key players. Um, is that any defense for the yeah. Eagles to play the way they did? Yeah. The Giants are playing with a journeyman quarterback. Uh, they're, they're, every, at this point in the season, every team has guys out. Um, some more important than others, but no. I mean, no. Because the guys, that, I mean, you still had, you know, Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and Hassan Reddick and, um, you know, just the, the, all those great Georgia players that they drafted <laughs> aren't, that aren't worth a damn. Um, yeah. yeah, what happened to those guys? Yeah, because they're right. They're not in Georgia. This isn't Georgia anymore. You're not in Georgia anymore, Dorothy. Maybe they still have Georgia on their mind. But, so, so the first half was kind of historically bad. Let me break it down for you. First downs. In the first half, uh, they out first downed us 14 to 5. Third down percentage, we were a whopping 14.3% on third down. They were 42.9. And net yards, 272 to 102. Uh, Passing yards, 229 to 29. And passing, uh, they uh, we were 7 for 17 with two picks. They were 16 for 21 with one pick. Um, just anemic statistics in a game that that means something. I watched uh, a lot of tape today. I watched it on Twitter. I watched uh, pretty much wherever I could. And I also saw Sirianni's press conference today, which was, to me, a little bit embarrassing. But this team is lost. And, I, yeah. and I'll give you a few reasons why. On the first play of the game, they drop Hassan Reddick back into coverage again, okay? Our best pass rusher, they're dropping him into coverage again for the second straight week. Now, he's back there. He's playing zone. Tyrod Taylor breaks contain. He's got to stay in the zone to protect the area. He comes up to pressure the quarterback, leaves the zone wide open. I think they hit a play for about for almost 30 yards the first play of the game. Uh, and... To me, this this makes no sense. Um, they did the same thing with Josh Sweat. They drop him into coverage. He's playing a zone. He doesn't know where to go. He loses the receiver. Another big play uh, in the first quarter. Um, 
it's just to me it it makes no sense that uh they can't pick up a blitz i mean it's elementary football if you can't block up a blitz then you've got to sight adjust the receivers the receivers have to see the blitz out of the corner of their eye and break off their route that none of that happens they don't block it and they don't sight adjust and jalen hurts is fair game back there so i don't know what they're doing on offense I don't know what they're doing on defense. It's almost like nobody, all of a sudden, nobody knows what they're doing on the entire staff, and that's what troubles me. Well, here, here's a better question. What are they doing on Wednesday and Thursday? Well, you would think they're practicing at film study, right? Well, you would think, right? But they played the New York Giants. Who's not? A, they're not a very good team. But one thing they do, well, under well, they're for now their former defensive coordinator because he he resigned today. Wink Martindale, they blitz. That's what the Giants do. They're kind of a one-trick pony. They 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 lead the league. They blitz more than any other team in the league. I think Minnesota was a close second. That I mean that's and you just played them two weeks ago. You should know what this team does, right? And how did they not expect? I mean, how did they not practice against the blitz or not? Mark, being, not Mark, they prepared. blitzed Hurts fifteen out of his nineteen drop. Backs. It's what they, they do. They blitzed them, yeah. Yes, and you're, and you're not, and you, and you're not ready. For I know that. that. I'm not a coach. I just know that from following the league. That Wink Martindale, everywhere he's been, Baltimore, now with the, that's what he does. He blitzes. But, but you know scheme. what? I I can excuse the fact that you can't block it because sometimes they bring more than you can handle, and that's just the nature of the game. They do a, a twist or a stunt, and they and they beat you. I can't understand why it's not in the playbook to sight adjust a route when you right. see the blitz coming. To me, that makes absolutely no sense at all. And they showed it over and over and over again. Hertz has taken a five to seven step drop and the receivers are running down the field, not even looking to help out his quarterback. And they're getting them killed back there. To, to me, it's yeah. unconscionable what's going yeah. on. And then, like you say, Hassan Reddick, I think we talked about this last week. First round pick by the Cardinals out of out of Temple. The Cardinals didn't know what to do with him. I, don't, I forget who the coach was back then, but they they wanted to try him because he was a, he's a heck of an athlete, right? I mean, he can do a lot. Of, and and at Temple, he he did all kind of different things. So they they wanted to make him like a do all kind of things, drop, drop him back, do this, do that. And it, he 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 didn't look like a good first round pick his first couple of years. It looked like eh, this guy's not he's he's not picking up the the, the NFL game mm-hmm. anyway. He goes to Carolina as a free agent. Carolina says, "We're not you. You go after the quarterback." Well, now he becomes a double-digit sack guy, yep. and earns a guy in a, you know nice free agent contract with the Eagles, where that's what he does. He's a he, he. Listen, it's hard to it's hard to find guys like him. You have them, use them. Don't drop mm-hmm. them in coverage. You get anybody. You can get anybody. Not anybody, but you have other guys that you want to drop in coverage. He's your guy that can get to the quarterback. And guess what? The Eagles aren't getting to the quarterback much anymore. No, this so, front that that led the league in sacks a year ago and almost broke a record for for, for sacks is not getting sacks. No, because um, they have their best pass rushers covering recovering guys instead of going after the quarterback. So schematically, there's obviously problems with what the Eagles are doing on both sides of the ball. Can you explain to me how professional football players all of a sudden lose their tackling skills, like whiffing on tackles time after time again, taking bad angles, um, not not covering the area? Um, to me, 
it, it almost looks like they don't practice. And right, I know that's, that's not right. true, but it almost looks like they don't, they go out there and they, they, they either they've forgotten their skills or they haven't honed their skills or whatever, but uh, it, it, it's just, it mystifies me how a team that was in the Super Bowl last year could have regressed this quickly. That's, yeah, I mean, that's why I asked, what do they do on Wednesday and Thursday? What are they, because it doesn't look like, I mean, you say they're obviously practicing, but are they? Are they practicing what they're not, I mean, and practice is closed to the media now. It used to be back in the day, we used to be able to watch practice from start to finish. Now they don't give them any time at all in the practice. I think, I think or... the first ten minutes. Yeah, just but just for so what that... for stretch? That's all you can well, well, what it's for is this way: the writers can at least see who isn't, who's practicing, and who's not, so they can report that this guy missed practice and that guy came back yeah. to practice. Blah blah. But no, you don't get to see practice at all. Um, so we don't know what goes on in practice, but. From what from what I see on Sunday, it doesn't look like a whole lot's going on in practice because there's certainly. I mean, I've always said this: you you play the way you practice. When you have you know, and I and back when, like I said, back when we used to be able to see it, I could tell some weeks, hey, the Eagles are going to mm-hmm. they're going they're going to beat the hell out of the Giants or whoever they're playing this week because man, they really looked good at practice. Mm-hmm. When, and other times. You know, you thought, oh, this looked, I, they, they were a little sloppy. Their offense looked a little sloppy this week in a different time, whatever. And I didn't, and again, we didn't, I never wrote that because that was what you saw at practice was for your own knowledge going forward. You didn't, yeah. there were certain things you didn't re- report on so per, per se, but, um, but I don't know what they're, I mean, I really would love to you know think, what they're um, you, you think Sirianni's trying to be too much of a friend to these guys? Listen, I, I know the game has changed. And, possible. you know, he's protecting his players and all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to give I'm going to really sound like a dinosaur right now. Um, at, so the game gets out of hand and we decide to rest our starters. Can I ask you why? We're not playing well. The guys that are in the game are not playing well, and they're not going to beat anybody anyway. Maybe leave them in there and, and say, listen, you guys play right, you can come out of the game, but I'm not going to take you out when you're playing like this. I mean, that's the way it was done back in my day. You know, you, you got rewarded for good play. and, and bad play. Yeah. I think he panicked. I think when A.J. Brown got hurt. Yeah. He panicked and said, oh, I don't want anybody else to get hurt. I don't want any, any other keep. Why did why was Fletcher Cox given the day off? Just said rest. Rest? What's that, that mean? That was the only that was the only you know. Hey, listen, it we play in today's NBA, they rest players every well, other day. You're preaching you in the choir here, man. Games. I don't get it. You only play 17 of these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, gets paid. And, he, still get paid? Well, he only got paid a hundred million dollars, but, uh, <laughs> now, let, now let's talk, let's talk about the bright side. If there is one, we, uh, we're the number five seed. We play Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. I think this is the most, and we play them Monday night, which gives us an extra day to figure this thing out. Not saying that they will, but okay. to me, it's the best possible draw in the entire NFC. I don't think Tampa Bay is a good team. They struggled with Carolina, the worst team in the league um, last week in a game that they needed to win to win the division. I'm not, I'm not, now let me tell you, I'm not optimistic. I don't think the Eagles, I think they got about a 10% chance to win this game. Um, And I I think I'm being generous with that. I don't think they can beat anybody playing the way that they're playing right now. But I do think if you had to pick any team in the NFC to play the first round, I think it would be, play them on the road, I think it would be Tampa Bay. 
Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. They're, I mean, Tampa is, is in the playoffs because somebody had to come out of the South. Right. And they were the best team in the South. They, they, um, although you could argue, I mean, they won a tiebreaker over the Saints because you could argue they were pretty even. I actually watched the, the Tampa Bay Carolina game um, yesterday because that, mm-hmm. I get the Carolina game here. They didn't, Tampa, you, it was, you never thought, like, you never thought Carolina was going to win. Let's put well, it Carolina that. can't score. They have no offensive right, exactly. line. You know. I mean, Tampa. Tampa was never. Tampa didn't look good. Let's. I'll be. I'm not going to mince words. Tampa did not play well. Their offense didn't play well. But I never watching that game. I never thought, hey, Carolina might pull this upset because no, they didn't move the ball either. Tampa. I'll tell you what. Tampa. Tampa has some people now. When they're. I mean, when Baker Mayfield gets hot, he could. He could be. He's. He's better than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I'll say I'd rather have Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and the Godwin uh, the, the, from Chris Godwin from mm-hmm. Penn State. They're two good wide receivers. Yep. Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. I mean, Mike, yep. Mike Evans is incredible. He, he's still a very good wide receiver, over a thousand yards. <clears throat> and they have um, a pretty good defense. And I, I was going to say, and Todd Bowles, uh, former, he was a former Eagles assistant. Temple he's a, guy? Yeah, that's right. He is a Temple guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Bruce Arians guy. Yep, that's how he got the job. Um, I mean, his, his defense will be ready. They'll be ready to play. They'll they'll be they, he he will have the Eagles well scouted. You think they might blitz a little bit after watching this debacle? <laughs> um, a little bit. <laughs> so I mean, it's not yeah. Tampa again. I agree a hundred percent with your statement that of the six other teams in the playoffs, that's the team I'd want to play. If, if if you could pick your own opponent, I'd rather be at home. Although for the people going to the game, you get a trip to Tampa in January. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, a lot of those people might be trying to cash in their tickets right now. But, uh, <laughs> so that. so so let's get to my theory. Yeah, about I want to hear what, what I think happened. Again, to me, this is a, an historic fall from grace. This is a Super Bowl caliber winning team that in the last five or six games looks like they're not sure what they're doing on the football field. Um, can you point to a move that they made about uh, four, four to six weeks ago that uh, we talked about on this podcast? I mean, what major change did they make? Well, the coordinator. The defensive coordinator, right. And they, I they said demoted, at that time. promoted the sign, promoted Patricia. I said at that time that it smelled like a front office move to me. That smelled like a Howie move, not being, and and Jeffrey Lurie, and I may lose my Eagle alumni status, but what the heck? I mean, I'm going to tell it like I I feel. Um, To me, it was a front office move, and and, um, to me, it fractured the team. It made Sirianni look bad. It made him look bad to his players. They realized that Sirianni really has no power. Um, they resented the move because, I, from what I hear, the players liked uh, Desai. And a lot of the players, regardless of what they're saying now in public, aren't crazy about Matt Patricia. And now you make that move midseason and you're changing stuff up like putting Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, your two best pass rushers, into coverage, that's crazy, right? That that And that's hard to adjust to. And from a player standpoint, I can see where there's confusion 
and people throwing up their hands and say, you know, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, what, what what's going on? To me, that's the only plausible theory that makes sense. There's obviously something going on in the locker room. You you don't have this this kind of regression unless there's something going on. Now, A.J. Brown is having team meetings and all this stuff, so you know something's going on. But to me, it all points to that move of emasculating Nick Sirianni to make this move, who denied it, but what else is he going to say? And that's when this this fall started to happen. The other thing that that I think happened was, you know, they went through that five-game gauntlet that we said was going to be very, very difficult. And they won three of the games by an eyelash. They beat Buffalo, they beat Dallas, and they beat Kansas City by an eyelash. And then they come home and they get crushed by San Francisco and crushed by Dallas. And all of a sudden, their ego is deflated and they look like a tired, beaten football team to me. Those are the two things that I can put my finger on that happen that would make a team regress like this. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on those theories. I like your theory. I like the that the, the team then lost. If Yeah, if you know your boss, in any job now, not just professional sports, any job, if you know your boss isn't really the boss, you kind of lose respect for him a little bit, right? Well, that, that and you're, they're, the boss is turning his back on somebody that right. they liked and you played like. for. Yeah, so that does. Yeah, that that's 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 very very plausible. I mean, I mean, think about it. What really? What what else could it be? What else well, could I, be happening in that locker here's room? Here's my thing. A little bit, is that first of all, and you and I, I remember when they when they got to ten and one when they beat the Bills. Uh, we we did our our podcast, and or maybe this was even prior to to coming on the air, but you said to me, this team's this team's special. They're just, they just look like it's meant to be. And I, and I said that that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> the other way is they're just lucky and eventually luck runs out. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it's that I don't think they were ever as good as you thought they were. I mean, they lost the can't, they beat Kansas city because a guy, a wide open wide receiver dropped the ball dropped right the ball. Yeah. They lost Dallas, the Dallas because of replay Dallas, because if Dak Prescott wore size 11, yeah, right. Yeah. Instead of size 12, yeah. he gets a two-point conversion and they lose that. Mm-hmm. So they've won some games. And again, breaks go your way. But they uh, they even out over the course of 17 games. So I think part of it evened out. But what I really think is they're 10-1. and one, They're thinking they're the best team in the league because they have the best record in the league. And they're mm-hmm. coming off. So why aren't they the best team in the league, right? Even though they have some breaks, but they're still 10-1. and one. And then they didn't just lose, to, as you said, they didn't just, they didn't just lose to San Francisco. San Francisco came into their building and annihilated them. Yeah. All right, it happens. It happens. Everybody has a clunker. All right, we're still 10 and 2. Then they go to Dallas, a team they just beat not that couple weeks prior. And, you know, they, they got the break. They get annihilated again. Now, again, now you're you're the player, so you would notice, but now they just get blown out back to back games by the two teams in their conference that they have to get by to get to the Super Bowl again. I think mentally they said, oh, shoot, we, we, these teams are just way better than us. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of sucked the, the air out of the, out of the balloon. Well, let's also talk about distractions and some of the things that are going on off the field. Now, the Kelseys have this real popular podcast. We, all, we talked in a previous podcast about 
you know, Travis Kelsey on his week off goes to Argentina to be with Taylor Swift. He comes back and he's playing bad. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that's a coincidence. Uh, I love Jason Kelsey. I think he's the greatest center in Eagles history, a for sure Hall of Famer. Uh, but he's got distractions. He's being pulled in a lot of different directions. A couple weeks ago, Mulata and I believe one or two of the other offensive linemen went to the White House during the week to serenade the Bidens. Um, in a week, they're preparing for a football game. I mean, to me, that stuff just didn't happen back in the day. You were fully focused on football. And I don't think those things help. Now, do I deny him the fact that you want to do something like that? It's special. You'll have opportunities off the field that you could potentially make money with. I get all that. But I'm just saying that it can be a distraction to take your focus away from football, which is really an all-encompassing thing. It's hard. Football is a hard Every professional sport is a hard game. Football is probably the, might be the hardest. Yeah. I mean, you can do that in the offseason. All There's plenty stuff. of time for all that stuff yeah. in the offseason. Like, but but you know what? The the coaches don't don't say anything because they're afraid to ruffle these yeah. guys' feathers. The, well, the, yeah, the union steps in and this yeah. and that, the players' association. But but again, the players got to think about that. You want to go sing for Joe Biden? Go sing for him. You got next month. Or do it. What do you what do you what do you think Jalen Hurts would say if somebody asked him? Yeah, we want you to go sing at the White House during the week. He wouldn't go. There's no, no. way he goes. He's fully committed. No. To the football team, so I don't. Is it, and again, I'm I'm not in a locker room every day like like I used to be, because I saw some things during every era. That, you know, going back to Buddy, to Rich Cotite, Ray Rhodes, you know, Andy, whatever. Where some of those teams were rock solid tight. I mean, the guys just you could tell they liked each other and they hung out together and they were all, you know, they had groups and like they, it was amazing, you know. And then and then some of the teams, I'll bring up the. 2005 season with the to debacle that's what the team that fractured the team almost 50 50 where half the team was you know we're a team and he thinks he's bigger than the team and that we can't have this and you know going on and on and then the other half saying man the guy played the super bowl with a broken leg the, the front office needs it that they they did him wrong they they need to take so and that really split the, that and that's why that mm-hmm. that season or they went from super bowl you know, NFC champion loses lose a good game in the Super Bowl to New England to a team that missed that missed the playoffs had a losing yeah. record, um, and that was that. I mean, I you can easily point to that this that distraction that whole debacle that was you know the whole thing was crazy with To, but that that fractured the locker room and it, and it took time to get that locker room back together. Even though To was gone, there were still guys that were like, well, you were a To guy and you you were a Donovan guy and you were this guy. I mean, it, it they had to get rid of some other players too after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what this locker room's like. I don't know. Does Hertz have like who does Hertz hang out with the with the rest of the guys? Does, you know that that I don't, I don't know. I'm not I'm not close enough. I do know this. Nobody like, does. Nobody after, gets that access anymore that we used to have. The the locker room interviews after the game, they're they're saying all the right things. Goddard yeah. was on there saying, you know, this team is tight, don't count us out. Fletcher Cox, the same thing. Sirianni, you know, gives us the old, you know, this makes you tougher and, and all this stuff. But, and we got to go, we got to go to back to work and fix it. Well, you've had six weeks to fix it and it's not getting better. As a matter of fact, it's getting worse. So you might want to make a change because, you know, doing the same thing over and over again is not helping anybody out right now. No, something has to give. And 
they can, I mean, you said, I think it's, I actually, I mean, they're, they're favored this game. Maybe, yeah, they're two and a half point favorite, which, uh, which mystifies me. I well, because Tampa, like, Tampa just isn't. I get it. I get it. Get, 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 hey, listen, <clears throat> you know, you're, I'm, I'm normally the optimistic one. You're, you're more pessimistic. <laughs> give me, no, a, I, I give know. me something to hang my hat on. Give me, let, let's leave the podcast by you saying, can the Eagles have a chance to win at Tampa Bay because they're better yeah. than, they have more talent than Tampa. They have more they talent. Have more than talent. They have a okay. more, they're like, I mean, if you just look at the, forget what happened, forget the last six, forget all, forget all six, all the 11, 10 and one, all forget all that. Just look, because what did they say? Everybody's zero and zero now, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody starts fresh. Well, just look at both rosters. Now I mentioned Tampa has Mike Evans and, and Godwin, mm-hmm. very good wide receivers. Well, the Eagles have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. They're mm-hmm. pretty good wide receivers too. Tampa's offensive line doesn't have a Kelsey or a Lane Johnson. They're okay, but they don't have two guys that are arguably the best at their their positions. Right. Um, Tampa's got a good running back in that kid White. Um, I'm assuming Swift's going to be over his illness by next week. Yeah. So he'll play now. You know who's? I mean, this team added. This team did not do a good job adding players this year. They brought in all those fantasy players. They Baird and. Uh, Leonard, they're, they're yeah. not any. Well, I mean, Swift was an upgrade Penny. in the offseason. Oh, Swift off was good. Swift was good. I, Miles I like, Sanders, but, yeah. But Penny wasn't any. Penny's a, was a waste. There's a guy, poor guy. He, he had five carries all year long. He's getting his head cracked in that, in that Giants game last week. They've been better off with J.C. Penny. But, I mean, they, it's so – but they have but, – but, again, and you look on the defensive side. Now, Tampa's got some players, but I think overall, you know, Reddick and Cox and – if Carter wakes wakes up again, um, Slay is supposed to be back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so again, if if you want to hang your hat on something, I think the, the the Philadelphia Eagles roster is more talented than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. So having said all that, what what do you think happens this weekend? In Tampa Bay, like, yeah. I mean, only because I, I, I told you to forget what happened, there, but I, yeah, I can't. I don't. I mean, listen, it's a fifty-fifty game. I would, I, I wouldn't bet this game. I, I don't think so. I don't think. Listen, the, the only thing that the only thing that gives me cause for optimism is the line, because I, I you know, I, I can't see the Eagles right now being favored against anybody. Certainly not on the road. Well, they've been um, favored. They're favored to Giants, favorite to Cardinals, favorite to Giants. You know, but they haven't covered correctly. Well, yeah. Again, the, that that you're going by reputation, that's and sometimes that's hard to catch up with that. And you know, now they played so bad. To me, I mean, you know, how how could you possibly give points and, and bet on the Eagles? And as a matter of fact, you should have made some money last week because I told you to bet the Giants when it was right. seven, and that was a lock winner. But anyway, I we're, not here, we're not here to do all that. So we both won. That's good, but. Um, you know, uh, Mark, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, uh, hopefully next week is not our last podcast of the year. If uh, the Eagles can turn it around and beat Tampa yeah. Bay, I, I do think, um, uh, that they would be one and done because, you know, they, then they would have to go to Detroit or Dallas and I don't see them beating any Fran. of those teams or San Fran on the road. So, but we'll see, you know, football's a funny game. There's penalties, there's turnovers, the ball bounces funny sometimes, and you never know. You really never know who's going to win a football game. So 
that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. I if like you it. have any, and I, I want you everybody to follow us on YouTube. We post the uh, podcast on on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check the Bird Brains with Ken and Mark, and, and pull us up. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So check us out. Tell your friends about the Bird Brains with Ken and Mark. For Mark Eckel, this is Ken Dunnick. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>